This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Breaking Banks Europe. Today, we bring you episode 121-121, and we're back with another ecosystem zoom-in, and today we are focusing on Bulgaria. So this is our first time in the Balkan region. Um, I was actually recently in Sofia uh, about a month ago. I absolutely love Bulgaria. Um, I think Sofia is such a cool city. There's a lot happening there. It's a I think a very kind of special and and unique place to be at the moment. Um, And today I'm joined with um, three innovators in the region. Um, So I'm joined with um, Max uh, Gervitz, the chief host at Summit Summit and partner at Vitosha Venture Partners. Christo Borisov, co-founder and CEO of Payhawk, one of, or I think the first uh, unicorn coming out of um, the Bulgarian fintech scene. And my good friend, Valentin Savav, partner at Savav and Partners, um, also co-founder at Vendofin.com. So let's kick things off. Um, Christo, um, who are you? Tell us a bit about Payhawk um, and maybe like your favorite kind of thing about being in the Bulgarian fintech scene. So thank you for the invitation. Uh, it is, I'm glad to be here. Um, so yes, my name is Christo Borisov. I'm co-founder and CEO of Payhawk. Uh, we just recently became the first Bulgarian unicorn uh, by closing an extension round of Series B of 100 million uh, US dollars led by Lightspeed Ventures. Um, so about myself, I have been, um, you know, in in the, uh, let's say, um, software market in Bulgaria for the last 15 years. Uh, initially started my career in a company called Teleric in 2007, uh, which was uh, kind of the first really big successful exit of a product company out of Bulgaria uh, uh, that was acquired in 2014 by Progress Software uh, for 265 million. And out of that company, uh, we have now more than 40 different uh, founders uh, spinning up their own businesses. Um, and, uh, you know, with my co-founders, we are all from Teleric. Um, so we decided that we are going to build the next big thing in Bulgaria. And we decided that if we're going to be building something, at least, you know, let's at least focus to be big. And to do that, we said, let's just focus on building a, a solution that is going to solve a big problem in a big market so that we can become a big company. Um, so that's kind of, in a nutshell, uh, we are currently uh, growing from about 125 employees now to about 310 by the end of the year. And we currently have offices in uh, Sofia, where all of our engineering team are, uh, London, Berlin, Barcelona. Uh, we are opening Paris next week and Amsterdam in May. Cool. So truly, truly European. In a nutshell, um, what does Payhawk do? What's the big problem that you're solving? So we focused on building uh, enterprise-grade company cards. 
um, we really help businesses manage their spend uh, and payments in a completely different way. Uh, we also help them automate everything related to company card spend, subscription, bill payments, reimbursing employees. So everything that is around spend management is fully automated within our system. That um, you know everything is uh, uh, directly integrated with the ERP system of the finance team so that they can manage everything in a much more efficient way. One of the key things that we do is that uh, we are allowing companies to build uh, any card that they want. So the finance team can build a card that only works at a certain time, certain uh, time of the day for certain merchant, for certain amounts, and they have very strong visibility. So what happens is that Businesses using Payhawk, they typically issue about 10 times more cards than they used to have with their banks because they just have much finer grain level of control and they don't have any kind of admin work on chasing paper, dealing with reconciliation and dealing with subscriptions. Um, so that's in a nutshell. Um, behind the scenes, we are a full new bank. So we provide our customers with their own IBAN accounts. They can do separate payments out of the bank accounts, faster payments in the UK, business in Bulgaria, um, and uh, use our uh, cards uh, across 30 countries. So usually our customers are companies that are multinational. Uh, those that are, uh, let's say, have offices in more than one location. We currently have customers from 30 countries. Um, so having a Truly pan-European product is really a big part of our value proposition because at the end of the day, uh, when you look at the problem of managing company cards in a single market, you might have some solutions here and there, even though not with the level of automation you can get from Payhawk. But scaling that problem of having a company that has businesses across four, five, six regions, then this really becomes a really big problem to solve. Got you. Okay. Thank you. So yeah, definitely solving a big problem. And yeah, I've, I've looked at Payhawk in the past and I think it's definitely one of the leading solutions in, in the space. So my last question before um, I move on to Valentin, what's your favorite thing about the Bulgarian um, fintech and tech ecosystem at the moment? Well, I think my favorite thing is that uh, we are extremely open. Um, so everybody's trying to, to be uh, collaborating and providing uh, as much as uh, knowledge to everybody else. So, for example, with Payhawk, uh, over the years, uh, we have raised about 240 million uh, US dollars so far uh, out of 12 funds. Um, and to do that, we met with about 100 funds. Um, so we already have the contacts with a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them are uh, now screaming and crying why they didn't invest it, you know, three years ago when they had an opportunity. And having that relationship is really strong. And we are trying to actually provide the, these contacts to many of the uh, starting companies in the region. Also, the other thing is also sharing knowledge about uh, key partners and, and key players uh, within the fintech space uh, that are really essential so that at the end of the day, when you're building a financial services product, it is not an easy related product that you just built uh, somewhere, you need to rely on very strong partners uh, uh, globally to be able to deliver it. Um, so having this kind of a very tight collaboration is something that I'm really excited about the Bulgarian ecosystem. Cool. Great. Thank you. And Valentin, um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, tell us all about you, kind of your involvement in the um, Bulgarian tech and, and fintech ecosystem. Uh, hello to everyone. My name is Valentin Savov and I'm a lawyer and I have worked and I have gained experience in working for international law firms in, uh, in Sofia, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands and in Tokyo, Japan. Then already for more than six years, uh, we have created um, our own law firm, Self and Partners. 
I have a special interest in fintech, um, first place professionally, because I really like the industry and we are building a very special expertise expertise in this area. And I have a special interest also as an investor. And I also have participations and have um, been um, a founder of uh, several fintech companies. So I have also this special uh, interest uh, there. Uh, our law firm, Southland Partners, is involved in structuring, helping the individuals and companies to realize their ideas in a world which is very regulated. And um, we provide the legal instruments so for the technology transfer for all these great ideas actually to be marketed, to be structured so they can be uh, successful and they can grow and they can be uh, multiplicated in different uh, jurisdictions. What would you say is kind of the most um, vibrant aspect of the kind of tech and fintech scene in, in Bulgaria? I mean, uh, what I'm really excited about the fintech uh, uh, segment in Bulgaria are the numerous, actually, the limitless opportunities for growth. And all the people that are involved there, all the great ideas and the great, um, the, the great companies, the great individuals, I think really the opportunities are, are countless. That's what excites me a lot. Nice. Okay. Thank you, Valentin. And last but not least, um, Max, um, very early where you are on the West Coast of the U.S. But um, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, um, a bit more about Fatosha Venture Partners, and I guess kind of um, maybe your perspective on where the um, Bulgarian kind of ecosystem is in terms of its growth. Um, what's the trajectory been like? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Megan. It's my pleasure to be on the on the show. It's never too early to join uh, to join fun people on a fun talk. Um, so my name is Max. I'm a I'm a partner of a of an investment fund in based in Sofia called Vitra Venture Partners. Um, one of the many one of the many funds operating in Bulgaria. And that's something that I think sets us apart. Something that I'm personally very proud of. Um, I've been at this well with this fund. I've been working now for a few years. We've launched it. We've started raising this fund about. Five years ago now, and we're, we've been operational for almost two. Um, we have a very broad mandate. We invest quite early stage uh, in about 100, 100 plus companies. Uh, we've done some early stage fintech investments, which are you know too early to say uh, whether they will succeed. We very much hope they will. Um, we invest in many other things as well, as long as they're kind of like venture grade, not even necessarily software. Um, what I think is you know very exciting about Bulgaria. Um, I mean. The biggest excitement, I think, in, in this particular um, in this particular field is to have companies like Bayhawk. I think you know Christo and his team and what they're doing, they're you know trailblazing uh, in a way that will you know have so many significant developments in its wake to have such a you know large, successful at this stage already player uh, in a company in a country basically unlock so many opportunities. It attracts people to you know to get into fintech. It you know there are hundreds of people that are building experience now working in a company like Bayhawk, which you know at some point you know some of these people will go and you know create their own businesses. They will learn um, they will learn things about the industry very much the same way that Tristo and his co-founders did that at Telerik, the 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 quarter unicorn and uh, the pre- Bulgaria's previous big success story where, where they incubated as a team or as, as individuals even. So this is I think what's really exciting. Um, the big thing that I you know. The, the other part, and it's kind of connected, it's, it's different stages of the same story, but the cool thing about Bulgaria is that we've been, 
uh, definitely comparing to the rest of the region, um, Southeastern Europe, the Balkans region, we've been quite good in allocating funds for venture capital investments. This is both on the private side, you know, as angels, as uh, even the, I think the first, yeah, the first regional, the first VC fund in the region was a private fund, which was set up about 15, 16 years ago uh, in Sofia. This was before, you know, EU programs started, you know, putting money in, in venture capital programs. Uh, then after that, Bulgaria was one of the first countries where uh, EU funds were used for creating uh, small early stage seed venture capital instruments. And that's an approach that's been working and that has now been expanded to other countries. So we've been very lucky with funding. Um, and that gave us, I think, a head start as well to basically have this large community of you know, probably 20,000 people right now that are actively building startups, part of which are fintech companies. Nice. Okay. So it sounds like there's definitely, I guess, one ingredient in the secret sauce is, uh, you know, the, the funding that's available. Um, I mean, I want to take a step back and think about, you know, some of the companies, some of the fintechs that are coming out of Bulgaria at the moment. Um, would you say they're mostly kind of focused on on the domestic markets? Or do you start servicing for um, Bulgarian customers or is the kind of vision more, okay, let's launch maybe like regionally in the Balkans or let's go Europe, let's go global? Or would you say it's kind of more of a trend towards um, B2B um, kind of providing um, services for tech companies, um, banks. I mean, I know there's a few companies in, in the crypto space there that are in, working more kind of on the B2B side of things. Um, so, Christo, let's, let's start off with you. How, do, how did you kind of um, come up with who you're going to target and, and where they will be based? Well, I think on our side, um, we started with a lot of validation. So our first idea was, you know, um, let's focus on subscription management. And that was our first kind of uh, seven days sprint that we did and trying to sell that. And initially, we started uh, approaching these two companies that are based in the US, Canada, Europe, everywhere. Uh, but as we started, uh, you know, narrowing down the problem we're going to solve, and we realized that physical cards are a much bigger problem for companies and that they, they um, you know, Managing subscription is just one part, but managing company cards for employees that are constantly traveling and spending uh, company funds is a much bigger problem because of lack of control, uh, a really big uh, paperwork that comes with them. Uh, we realized that we need to narrow down and focus on those multinational companies that are scaling across uh, uh, countries. Um, and we, one of the good things uh, we identified was that uh, it would be really important for us to to focus on those companies um, that are based in Western Europe uh, that do have also entities uh, across uh, the, uh, let's say, other states uh, uh, within the European Union. And um, at the end of the day, we had, because Bulgaria is a very small market, we decided that obviously uh, we are going to have very limited footprint targeting companies in Bulgaria that they have offices uh, outside of Bulgaria. So we would rather go and focus on Western Europe. And that forced us to be very international from day one. And I think that was one of the key things about Peho compared to some, let's say, other competitive, uh, uh, let's say other uh, players in the same space where they actually had a very different journey. So they, all of them went and became, let's say, dominant players or large players in their local markets. Um, and then we started trying to build international presence when we were international from day one. And we managed to build something that is truly pan-European, uh, which was a very big difference. And if we were not based in, a, let's say, a market like Bulgaria, which uh, wasn't kind of a 
a very large market on its own for us, we would have never been forced to go and build this kind of a, a strategy uh, in terms of go-to-market. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I guess, Valentin, from your perspective, um, what are you seeing in the fintech scene? And I guess, are you seeing like increasing appetite for European companies to set up operations in, in Bulgaria? Well, uh, as far as my experience goes, all the companies that we communicate with, they have the ambition to grow to grow global. So they start locally, but always uh, but they develop their technologies with the idea of going global. So that is my uh, that is my uh, that is my impression. At the moment, I think we have around 135 fintech companies according to the reports, 11 of which are payment institutions, and we have around eight e-money institutions. And we see also increasing interest of foreign companies, fintech companies settling in Bulgaria. We have also a large interest of individuals um, uh, coming to Bulgaria and working from here, developing and realizing their ideas. Probably this is because of the really beneficial and uh, welcoming environment we have created for such uh, for such companies or for, for such individuals both from as a regulatory uh, framework, both as a taxation framework, you know, our, our taxes here are very beneficial, both for companies and for individuals that uh, fix a 10% fix. Um, so there are a lot of components and a lot of, a lot of um, uh, factors that actually attract also foreign fintech companies and individuals uh, to Bulgaria. Of course, our vision is to, to grow this ecosystem and to make it more and more uh, beneficial and welcoming and to become a hub at one point. Okay, makes sense. And I guess, Max, um, from your perspective, I mean, kind of building upon um, what Christo said, with some of the firms that you're looking at, is it kind of, do you think that the, you know, the path to success is focusing, um, you know, going international first? Or do you see kind of the, the market being uh, sized well enough that you can focus mm. first on, on Bulgaria? I mean, look, uh, Chris was absolutely right. I think this is, you know, the big benefit of any uh, any small country. Uh, Bulgaria is by all means a small country. You know, we have we have some land that is beautiful, but quite empty though, um, mountains, seaside, and all that. But we're only we just did a census a few months ago, a national census that happens every ten years, and we're six point five, I think, million people, uh, and among the you know the less rich in the European Union. So it's a very small market, right? It's a very small market, and I think that with the abundance. Um, with the abundance of engineering skills that we have, and again, you know, coming back to my previous point, the abundance of uh, venture capital, both private and institutional, all across, you know, but we have we have approximately twelve, I think, eleven or twelve, if you you know, depending on how you count the stages of how active they are, uh, venture capital funds in the country. We have several quite you know um, active formal and informal angel investor networks. So there is. There's actually quite a lot of funding for a relatively small amount of people, um, so it's it's you know it's logical for for you know, for people to go build global solutions, especially given the fact that the uh, the market is small. Um, Valentin actually also made a really cool point. Um, there is a lot of um, I would say above average uh, number of um, fintech outsourcing from big players, uh, global players happening in Bulgaria. Um, just to give an example, Uber does their entire payment solution in Bulgaria, so. Whenever you pay for an Uber ride, that was probably coded by an engineering team in Sofia. There were a few hundred people working there. Um, there is uh, one of the big neobanks, uh, European ones, is has has their main tech base in uh, in uh, in Sofia, and and we see more and more of this. And this is obviously, you know, this is again a huge amount of talent 
that is local that can that has that is, that is learning to build global products, whether you know with homegrown success stories like Payhawk or or with these foreign companies that have their development in Bulgaria. And I think that you know you go global because um, like we invest very early stage, so we invest sometimes in companies that use Bulgaria as a you know some kind of you know testing ground, like to see if just you know if some basic assumptions work. But you can't. You can't really make money. It doesn't really make sense to spend your effort on building something just for the Bulgarian market. Most of the time, there probably are exceptions, but give or take, that's the rule, I think. Um, and I mean, I guess it sounds like the, you know, the tech uh, and the kind of VC community is certainly growing. Like how tight knit is the community, would you say? Because I remember back in, in London and in 2016, 2017, I mean, it was a very small, close knit fintech and tech community. A lot of like idea sharing and everything. Is, is, is it like that in Sofia? Or is it still quite fragmented? I, I wouldn't still divide it by fintech and the rest of the community. I think uh, we are still one bunch of uh, community around uh, startups. Um, and it is concentrated in um, mostly around some of the early stage funds, uh, which are kind of making the connections and investing in, uh, you know, making sure a lot of the companies are also dog fooding and using their own products, uh, which I think is quite essential because um, I think one key area for early stage companies, and this is something that we try to do with Payhawk, is you really need to try to um, use as much as possible from those early stage companies and provide as as much as uh, possible as feedback to them because sometimes it is this is even more important than getting capital. You need to have these kind of early customers who are trying to put on use of your technology at scale and, and feedback, feedback what works, what doesn't work so that you can actually have a chance to improve it. And sometimes that you know, it's even better than providing them with capital. Uh, providing them with trust that you're uh, they're building something that is valuable and trying to put that in effect is is key. Um, so I, I would say to me, it looks like a tight community, but uh, happy to see here what the rest of the team is going to say. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll jump in here. I mean, I fully, I fully agree with Christo. I think that actually the comparison, comparison with London and 17, I think, you know, in terms of numbers, we're still small. But then again, for a country like Bulgaria, uh, for a country like Bulgaria, we're um, we're it's it's a sizable sizable community. Like if you look uh, to neighboring countries, uh, you know, especially if you look at per capita, we we have definitely an outsized founder and investor communities, and that's something that we you know can only be proud of. Um, everybody knows each other. It's still it's still early days. Um, much like Crystal said, like the 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 funds. You know, I'm 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 one of these people who run funds. We try to make the connections. We all. We basically all know each other, you know, going back from previous either investment roles or, or company roles we've done before. So it's a very friendly uh, kind of informal network. And I think the, you know, the big the big influx that I'm personally waiting for is for more people from outside Bulgaria to actually start come, coming and joining us and building companies locally. Uh, much like Valentin said, uh, it's a great country that, you know, to to move your operations to. It's, uh, it's, it's you know, great quality of life, really nice tax regime. As long as it lasts, but that's that's something that I can talk more about. So, uh, so yeah, so definitely, you know, I, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think we're ready for this place where you know London was 10 years ago. Obviously, it's a global city, difficult to compare, but for, for to become a place where people come to to realize their their aspirations, and I I hope that that's coming soon. Great. I could add a few other aspects. It's also Bulgaria is one of the countries where actually the startup uh, expenses it's are, are very low and it's uh, quite cheap and less riskier to start a company and to maintain a company in Bulgaria 
compared to other companies. Also, recently there was a study with respect to the with respect to the employers' uh, expenses for uh, qualified workers. Uh, um, Again, they're a little bit lower compared to other companies. But what is interesting is that the ratio of the net net income of the of the um, qualified individuals towards the total expense is quite is quite high. So actually, this is due to the system. Actually, people um, qualified individuals, qualified um, uh, employees, are getting uh, higher net income compared to other to other companies, to other countries. So. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so I, th- I think that leaves us on a good point um, to wrap up the first part of the episode. Um, when we come back, I want to kind of talk a bit more about um, the future, specifically, um, yeah, what can be done to maybe get that kind of external talent into Bulgaria, um, where we see things like, you know, Web3 and, and crypto, what that scene looks like in Bulgaria, and yeah, what the future holds. So uh, stay tuned for a short break, and we will be back very shortly. Do you want to be part of Breaking Banks Europe? Reach out and learn more about the opportunity to be featured in one of our shows. With over 1.6 million listeners and counting, Breaking Banks Europe is bound to become the place to advance critical dialogue in Europe and the UK fintech scene. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter at BreakingBanksEU or go to www.provoke.fm. And welcome back to part two of Breaking Banks Europe, episode 121, where we are talking about all things Bulgaria. So focusing on the um, Bulgarian tech and fintech ecosystem. Um, So in the first part of the episode, we kind of talked about what is making Bulgaria ripe um, for such a kind of innovative and well-funded ecosystem. And I want to touch a bit more upon um, kind of this idea of bringing in, um, you know, external talent into into Sofia, into into Bulgaria to further enhance the ecosystem. Um, so maybe uh, Valentin, let, let's start with you. What do you think can be done to bring in, um, yeah, external talent? Is there anything in place at the moment? Any kind of like visa schemes, and and maybe where do you see kind of a lot of the talent? currently coming into Bulgaria. I'll be happy if I, uh, if the other participants also, also share their experience. At the moment, we have a special type of visa, blue chip visa for qualified individuals from, um, from third countries. Uh, there are no restrictions with respect to, with respect to uh, citizens, nationals of uh, the European Union. So in all cases, um, Bulgaria is quite open. Of course, there's some, sometimes there are some regulatory uh, requirements that need to be overcome. This is, uh, this is being done with some professional help. Uh, so um, it's not a, it's not a big obstacle for foreign individuals, uh, including from with uh, with um, outside of the European Union to come uh, to to Bulgaria. Uh, what we have seen here is um, um, individuals, uh, specialists, uh, experts from all around Europe coming to Bulgaria, attracted for different reasons: the way of life, uh, the cheaper, the lower costs, uh, the nice sunny weather. So all kinds, of, uh, all kinds of, all kinds of reasons. But they're um, um, one thing that uh, they share when we speak, when we talk, is uh, they're very happy with 
the, and they feel very welcomed and very much at home when they're here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember, I think when I was in Sofia, you can kind of, the mountains are right there and, you know, you have the sea, the skiing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Sofia is a really, really cool city. Everyone was super welcoming. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely certainly an attractive place. Um, Crystal, what, what, what's your experience with kind of uh, bringing in outside talent into Bulgaria? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, when we were a team of six, seven people, uh, we had a person from Spain. Um, so I think um, it is um, getting to a point where we do see a lot of foreigners coming out of the European Union in Bulgaria because it is really easy to just, you know, change the location, get a, uh, uh, you know, residential permit here and start working for a local company. Um, this is something that we do. Uh, in terms of dynamics, we also bring back a lot of for example, Bulgarians that are coming from abroad, uh, returning back to, to work in Bulgaria, which is a, a, a big stream of, of our talent strategy. Um, also, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, third countries uh, uh, that are uh, uh, beyond the European Union, we're currently looking into... Uh, we just uh, submitted some of our open positions as job board uh, on the Bulgarian job board that was created specifically for people for, for, uh, coming from U Ukraine. Bulgaria has already ha hosted about 100,000 refugees uh, from, from the war with Russia. And uh, this is some, some, uh, you know, a place where we can you know, just uh, you know, try to help those people in need and also uh, recruit uh, talent that is outside of the, let's say, the the local environment or uh, from within the European Union. Um, so currently there is a, a lot of initiatives as, as uh, Valentin mentioned, the, 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 the blue chip uh, uh, scheme that allows uh, a kind of, a, uh, you know, a fast track of approving people that are coming to work and get a work permit. Uh, so this is something that I think is uh, very well welcome because at Teleric we used to have people coming from the US, for example, um, or Jordan or other countries and it took a lot of time to sort out the documents they had to be renewed every year and it was a big mess uh, but right now we are at the stage where i think we are opening a lot more and um, as you said there are a lot of perks in bulgaria so in terms of you know a cost of living they're extremely low and we do have also a lot of uh, employees that uh, are coming uh, here as part of the company from other offices and they're like oh maybe I can come for like three, four months or something long-term, uh, you know, because of the quality of life. Uh, so this is something that we definitely can have a lot to offer uh, to, to people traveling uh, and willing to explore uh, different regions. If I could add something, it's also quite easy to, to start a company. So the expenses for the incorporations are very low, the maintenance is quite low, and there are no restrictions with respect to the nationality of the shareholder or the managers. And there are no requirements to have a local, uh, local uh, shareholder, local partner, or local manager, unlike other countries. I think the tax rate, we briefly mentioned that, but it is literally 10% flat, uh, which uh, this is for both corporate uh, tax and for, uh, for personal tax as well. And uh, uh, this is something that I, I hear a lot of people being uh, envy about uh, when, when they hear how, we're, uh, how our tax system works. 
Also, uh, to add, uh, we have a 5% tax also on the dividends. So yes. if you receive dividends from a foreign, as an individual from a foreign country, for a foreign company or a local company, it's 5%. And if you distribute dividends from a Bulgarian company to its corporate shareholders, for example, in the European Union, there is no withholding tax, which is also a great benefit when you're trying to figure out uh, <clears throat> the entire structure of your entire investment. You know, Crystal and Val uh, gave, uh, gave 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 us all these tremendous um, you know tremendous selling points, which are absolutely true. Uh, all I can say is I'm a, I'm you know an empirical example myself. I'm not Bulgarian by by origin or by birth. I'm a Bulgarian by choice, as I like to say. And I've moved to the country myself 11 years ago now, and um, you know very much feel local and feel very welcome. And all the things that the guys have said, they're absolutely true. We have you know great quality of life. Um, Friendly taxes, which you know, it's a whole separate discussion whether they should go up or not. I personally definitely think they should go up, but in a in a in a sustained way. Um, it, and, and you know, there are a lot of a lot of jobs. Uh, there are a lot of jobs in Bulgaria. It's not even only in the tech sector, but uh, the country really has more work. Uh, you know, it's growing faster than the local population can actually satisfy the the demand for work. Uh, so there's a lot of work, um, and also in the tech sector, obviously, with so many funds and so many startups operating. So. Um, so I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that moment where, you know, we can compare ourselves to places like Estonia, which, you know, in many ways, Estonia isn't as friendly a country to come and live in, weather-wise, culture-wise, language-wise, food-wise. Uh, but there is a lot of work. There's a lot of uh, talent uh, growth opportunity. There's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of companies. Uh, I think Estonia has something like seven of these so-called unicorns. Um, once we get to that point, you know, I hope we, we will also have as diverse a workforce as, as, as they have over there. Yeah. I mean, I think personally, if I had the, had no offense to anyone in Estonia, but I would probably choose Bulgaria over uh, Estonia. I mean, again, I've been to Sofia a few times and it's, it's amazing. Great food, great wine. Everyone's so friendly everywhere you go. And yeah. Um, so kind of, do you see any kind of like clusters of, of tech companies? Would you say there's like a broad spectrum in terms of the types of products and, and services offered? Are you seeing kind of like a cluster around like crypto payments, anything in, in particular? Do you kind of see like, you know, five years down the line, will Bulgaria be a specialist in, in X? What, what Are you seeing anything, Max, or... Um, you know, it's it's hard for me to say. Like, I see all kinds of things. Um, there is, uh, in, in terms of like specifically fintech, uh, I also probably don't have enough experience with it to to be able to like very clearly pinpoint. So I think uh, Crystal here and, and probably Val also with his experience could could, could give a better overview. Uh, there's definitely. You know, the crypto blockchain space is definitely big. Uh, it's probably big everywhere, but I do think that there are a couple of you know large players that are either in Bulgaria or very active in Bulgaria. Uh, so that definitely has a has a you know there's definitely an angle there. Um, I it's it's actually a, a topic and a domain that I know very little about. So I've, I've never I've never done anything with blockchain or, or crypto. I've never held crypto myself. So I, I only know a little bit about it, but uh, don't really understand it. Um, uh, so as far as I'm concerned, I think I see a generic playing field. Yeah. Um, and I see all kinds of projects coming up, both the ones that pitched our fund and you know the ones that I see in the community. Um, but I wouldn't, yeah, I, I'm not probably the right person to give a, a, a drawdown within the fintech space of what's uh, what's going on. Okay, gotcha. Christo, Valentin, what, what are you seeing, if anything, in terms of clusters, or would you agree that it's kind of a broad playing field? Um, 
Yeah, I think I I wouldn't say that we're still at the stage where we can divide among clusters. Um, I think fintech on one side has um, you know a, a few companies that are started pushing in that space, and I think that's not specific to Bulgaria because the main drive there is. Uh, First of all, the regulation uh, that it's synchronized very well, uh, especially with the Payment Services Directive Second Division from 2016. So that synchronized a lot of the law. And, and then what happens on top of that is a lot of infrastructure players, uh, where, where it's a banking as a service or card processors or card manufacturers or uh, uh, you know other players that are important to that space. They started building this infrastructure in a very horizontal way. Um, so we started seeing a lot more fintech in general. Uh, and I think that's true uh, as well in, in Bulgaria. For example, if you look at the companies that do have uh, electronic money institution licenses, uh, they do have, let's say, in their orbit, four, five, six companies. Um, you know, they are also part of the FinTech Association and so on. And so I think um, having more and more success stories is going to definitely uh, bring domain knowledge for the industry and allow us to, to to go and have more of those. But still, I think it's kind of a level playing field. Uh, we do see a lot of also enterprise SaaS companies being focused on, you know, um, I don't think we do see a lot consumer um, and uh, mostly be, I guess this is a function because of the local market. It, it's a little bit hard to go and create a consumer that's going to go beyond the borders of Bulgaria. Um, so yeah, uh, this is how I would summarize the market, mostly B2B enterprise and some fintech here and there. <laughs> now recently, with, with the, especially after the, the adoption of the crowd financing, uh, crowd financing regulation, uh, I know at least several companies, several platforms that are being developed for crowd financing at the moment. So this legislation and regulatory developments also stimulate um, the um, fintech companies and, uh, and development as well. Cool. And I just want to, um, I mean, we, I think we, we definitely touched upon like why Bulgaria is such an attractive market um, and kind of the perks and of, of setting up and living and working in Bulgaria. What are some of the challenges that um, you would say need to be overcome um, in the next, you know, five years to really make, you know, like the bigger than Estonia, kind of a, a hub for tech within uh, Europe? Uh, I'll open it up to the guests, whoever wants to kick off. Yeah, sure. I mean, maybe I can do that. Um, I think that um, I think that in Bulgaria, the biggest challenge is still bureaucracy. Now, there's a lot of work happening uh, to to you know to 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 improve that, but at the same time, Bulgaria is still very, very, very uh, backward when it comes to to the way you know public bodies operate. Uh, Bulgaria, unlike most Eastern European countries that kind of emerged from from communism or from socialist era, hasn't really reformed uh, you know much or at all, to be honest, uh, from from the communist days. So a lot of the processes, a lot of the institutions, a lot of the the ways the way things work um, are are still uh, either directly from those from those times or still heavily influenced by the way things used to be there is a lot of change now we have a government in place that is you know that has basically as its number one uh focus to to change this and, and also to bring in uh electronic governance and you know e-government um which is very challenging in bulgaria but they're working on this so this you know the 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 red tape the bureaucracy that's that's one thing that um is is a critical challenge for many things um it's being worked on and i think that it depends on that 
success on, on you know on how successful that move is to to you know to do away with the bureaucracy to streamline processes a lot of you know of our um, of our potential in the future depends on that crystal from your perspective challenges to overcome um i think challenges to overcome is um, mostly related to financing that go below 5 million us dollars i think getting from you know, five to 10 to 15 stages. This is kind of, uh, I would say, the challenge. And that is where we do have a lot of, let's say, pre-seed and seed uh, funds and some Series A funds now available in Bulgaria. But getting them to, you know, Series B, Series C from Western investors is kind of, I think, the challenge. And that comes with the fact that, you know, typically a lot of those investors uh, that are on the growth stage haven't been looking at Bulgaria as a region, but that starts to change now. And hopefully, um, you know, we're going to collectively be able to bring a lot more from those investors to be able to carry, you know, the work that the initial funds have done uh, in terms of, you know, uh, being able to see those companies and get them to a product market fit, get them to have an initial impact on the market and then have somebody who can actually, have, um, you know, uh, invest into the growth of those companies uh, beyond the, the initial capital. I think that's one of the challenges. Um, another challenge might be related to you know the 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 talent available in the company in the country um so i think that is uh, something that we are all already seeing uh, in bulgaria for the last 10 12 years there has been a lot of you know academies uh, that are being focused on uh training engineers and people to to join the sector um that is one thing that uh, we we are uh, seeing as a, as a kind of a challenge and then i would say the third thing in general for the for the whole, let's say, IT sector is really moving away from professional services as we, are, as the economy is growing, as the standard of living is increasing, getting away from this kind of, a, uh, I call it the body leasing business, uh, to more of a product building, uh, you know, high impact, high, high value and, uh, uh, you know, products with, you know, a lot of, um, uh, um, yeah, I mean, just products, right? This kind of shift from services to product is another challenge we are going to see in the ecosystem. So I think this is kind of uh, the three things out uh, characterizes uh, the, the main things we need to deal with as a, as a uh, sector. I will agree with uh, both with Christian and with Max. Where really, there is a lack of, of talent and, and people, and that really impedes the, the, the opportunities for growth. There is a lot of work, but not enough people. And um, uh, the second one, uh, what Max said, is also absolutely true. It's sometimes we're over-regulated or the, the bureaucracy is too high, especially with respect to payment institutions, e-money institutions. The requirements of the local authorities are even higher than, the, for example, EU authorities or in other EU countries. But still, this could be overcome. But I think the, the biggest challenge for us is to create, through the legislation, uh, really an uh, environment that allows and makes it easy for businesses to, to, to thrive, to grow, and to, and to explore globally. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks for sharing. So it sounds like a little bit kind of on the, um, you know, investment side of things, trying to help, you know, take that investment to the next level once you're past, you know, 5, 10, 15, uh, getting rid of bureaucracy, which I think is uh, a lot of European countries are, are definitely plagued with that. Um, 
and yeah, just bringing in the talent. But I think from from everything we've talked about in the past, um, in the last 60 minutes, I think it definitely sounds like a fantastic place to be, a fantastic place to be living, to be setting up operations, to be thinking about, you know, starting starting a business, scaling up a business. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, definitely a market to watch. Um, and yeah, I'd like to wrap up by thanking all my guests so much. Um, thank you for sharing your insights and yeah, promoting such a, a really cool and fun place. So I hope that our listeners, yeah, get inspired to check out what's happening in the Bulgarian ecosystem and yeah, to get in touch with, um, our guests should they have any questions. So Christo, Valentin and Max, thank you so much again for, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.